It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for Monday, March 19th. Did somebody finally blink? We'll look at the Western Conference playoff race and where things sit. Sacramento's game, Quinn Snyder calls one of the hardest of the years. Is Rudy Gobert top 10 player? Why is it even a question? Some lineup data, a little bit of concern, and a look around the NBA with some mad, mad coaches. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. I'm sure you've looked at the standings today and you've noticed that your Utah Jazz are sitting in fifth in the Western Conference. How about that? Still a long way to go, but we'll take that fifth in the... Well, we won't. Actually, I'm not so pleased about it. I might take sixth. Because um, one would be a week in Oklahoma City and the other's a week in Portland. So uh, I'm cert- I certainly think would rather spend a week in Portland. I don't know who you have a better chance of beating. Big win last night by OKC in a weirdly refereed game. Uh, and then uh, Portland is won 12 straight, so they're on fire. All right, today right, I'm David Locke, by the way, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Uh, this is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast about the Utah Jazz, giving the expertise, insight, uh, and look behind the curtains, some geeky numbers. Uh, busy show today brought to you by the Advocates, Grip 6, as well as Intercap Lending. All right, the Sacramento win's really interesting to me uh, because Quinn Snyder, after the game, refers to it as one of the ha- biggest wins of the year. That I think he thought his team just the was was tired. Uh at some point, you have to cut. You you would think you have to blink in this process that the uh, that there has just been uh, so many emotional have to win games that at some point you blink, and I think he feels like that that wasn't a blink, but that that was just a fatigue of the burden of that, and that. We just weren't mentally right. There were a bunch of passes. It kind of went all over the place. Uh, we got loose to the ball, couldn't make some shots. Just things weren't sharp. And so when things weren't sharp, then you're in, you're in for a tussle. And then Sacramento shoots the lights out, 14-21 from three. And now you've really got the script where you drop one, and they didn't. And... What jumps out to me more than anything else, and I actually tried to do some research on how often this has happened last, uh, and and found almost uh, not. I couldn't figure it out actually, quite honestly. Um, maybe, you know, we'll find. I'll find someone who can. Uh, but Andy Larson had in his notes that fourteen of twenty-one by Sacramento from three was one of the the top two three-point shooting nights. Of the year, well, if that's the case, then you beat a team having one of its top two shooting nights of the year. The other thing that I think is important about what happened that night is that you held a team down, and not a very good one, but I, I mean, they've actually won five or ten and 
have been playing decently. They're not terrible. They're they're and without Vincent, without Zach, they're pretty fast. And so on a night where you're not right, that it wasn't a great matchup. And we didn't play them great in Sacramento either for most of the game. So there's some there's a matchup element there. But more importantly, just kind of from a how dominant are the jazz aspect of things, there's two parts here. One is so they go fourteen of twenty one from three, which is um you know, quite a night, and their defense, our offensive rating that night is still a 94. When you hold someone under 101, you win 83% of your games. We haven't allowed any, we've allowed one team, Minnesota, over 101 since the Spurs on February 3rd, and only the Spurs, which was the back end of that back-to-back with the late night uh, and the plane troubles, have we allowed the Spurs and Minnesota? So it's only been two teams have had a defense, and then New Orleans 102. So three teams have had a defensive rating over 101 against the Jazz in their last 23 games. And if you do that, you win 83% of the time. Our three-point shooting wasn't great, right? Six of 24. But to have a night where the other team makes 14 of 21 from three and at the same time you can still hold them to a point per possession, my, my guess is that that may not have happened this year. My, my guess is that there isn't anybody who has 14 threes, not even 14 of 21, just 14 threes while having that bad an offensive night. And that now we're into some interesting stuff because now other teams will shoot better from the mid range and and some things of that sort, and so you won't you know you won't have the same phenomena that you had in that game. We, I mean, I can break that down, and as I said, we'll get geeky numbers for you. Is that is you break some of that down, you'll see what's going on there. But one of the primary thing that's going on that is probably not going to change is the Jazz defensive shot composition. What they're allowing teams to do is incredible right now. So they're just, I mean, they only allowed 21 threes. That's the first part of that. When Rudy's on the floor, they don't allow you to shoot at the rim or they don't allow a corner three. And so you're forcing teams into above-the-break threes, which Sacramento hit at a really high rate, but that's not as high a rate shooting rate as anyone else, as most teams in the league. For most teams in the league, and then it's and then you're you're into the paint non restricted in the mid range, and so you have to some extent the Jazz defense is so good right now because of the fact that the shot composition defensively is going to almost guarantee that you get that you know a good defensive outing unless someone does something strange in the mid range or the paint non restricted, which is which is pretty unusual. I hope that makes sense. I don't know if I described that very well. Let me let me try to do it in a quick summary. I apologize. If it did make sense, I apologize. I'm walking you back through it. So the number one best area to shoot is the restricted area. The number two best area to shoot is the corner three. If you take away those two, Sacramento got 16 shots all night long in the restricted area. Phoenix got 22. Detroit got 20. Pelicans actually got a bunch. Grizzlies only got 26. Pacers only got 20. Orlando got 50. I mean, people just aren't even getting shots in the restricted area against us. So if you take away that 
And then you take away the corner three. Nobody's taken more than four corner threes against us in, I think, eight games. Then what you end up doing is teams are taking a lot of above-the-break threes. They're taking mid-range shots, and they're taking paints in the paint non-restricted, and those are the three least efficient areas, the above-the-break three, the most efficient of those three. Kevin Pelton and I got into this. Kevin's point is that three. Kevin believes that three-point shooting defense you, the defense doesn't have a great amount of control on it. The shot composition is more important, and the Jazz are doing that well. I actually think that he's right because um, he's Kevin Pelton. But I also think that there is an element here where teams, when you suddenly have them shooting in areas that they're not used to shooting, then all of a sudden they miss shots at a higher rate because they're out of rhythm. Which leads to part two of today's show. I created a little bit of a Twitter firestorm this weekend, or at least a lengthy debate bunch a lot of people, with the idea that Rudy Gobert is a top 10 player in the NBA. What's really interesting to me about this is I actually don't doubt it at all. Excuse me. So what I mean by that is often you'll say something on Twitter, you'll start a discussion, or and, and it's a concept, right? It's like I kind of think this might be the case. In this case, I actually don't doubt this at all. Like, I, I don't have the slightest doubt in my mind that Rudy Gobert is a top 10 player in the league. Uh, locked on NBA today, we talk about it. And, and is he better than Giannis? Is he better than Carl Anthony Towns? It's like it, the idea that somebody who's not dominant defensively or offensively which he's actually been pretty dominant offensively too, is a top 10 player in the league is a really hard concept for people to grasp. And I don't, I don't actually have, it's not, again, I don't have any doubt. Just look at the numbers we're talking about. Even if you go to this win streak, the Jazz are allowing 27% of shots as a team in the restricted area. The league average is 32 that's 5% less. The Jazz are allowing only 5% of all shots as corner threes. That's the number one in the league. They're allowing the third fewest amount of threes. They have the second best restricted area plus three-point defensive composition in the league, 57%. Why? Because of Rudy. Because of Rudy. Teams are... Now, are the Jazz getting maybe a little lucky? Teams are shooting 30% on above-the-break threes uh, over the last 20, 23 games. That seems low. League average is 36. But they're not getting shots at the 63% range of the of the restricted area, and they aren't getting corner threes because of Rudy. He bends the floor the exact same way that Steph Curry and James Harden do offensively. He just does it defensively. It's, it's interesting to me. I mean, this really created, like, this idea. As though I, it's as though I'm insane. I, I, don't, I don't actually doubt it. I've, I've got Steph ahead of him. Uh, I've got I, – I don't have a lot of doubt on this. I've got Steph on him. I've got KD ahead of him. I've got James Harden ahead of him. But it, it very quickly, if you start to look at impact on a game – it gets pretty fast that you get to Rudy. 
I mean, I'm probably preaching to the choir if you're a Jazz fan. But it's an interesting – you have to believe two things. You have to believe defense is as important as offense. You have to believe that individual players impact defense the same way they impact offense. And if you believe those two things, then you have to believe that Rudy Gobert is a top 10 player in the league. I mean, the impact's incredible right now. Right? When Rudy – our defensive rating – is better than the Rockets or the Warriors' offensive ranking. I think that's if I, I think we would give the other credit to Steph and right to James. Rudy's played forty-four games this year. We're twenty-nine and fifteen. We've held the opponent under one hundred and one defensively in thirty-two of those games, and you win eighty-three percent of those games when that happens. We've held them under in twenty. The last twenty-three, we've held them under one hundred and one. The defensive rating since Rudy's come back is about 96. The league average is like 106. Toronto's next at 102. The, 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 we're not – he's dominant, and he's playing better than he's ever played before. Absolutely dominant. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Grip6. Grip6 has been a neat treat to me because Keenan came over and, and introduced himself to me, and then I got to know Grip6. It's now the only belt I wear. It's really cool. Grip6 is – it's got a bunch of elements. The number one thing I always tell you about, about Grip6 is how it has no holes and no flaps, has this interlocking system so that the belt just holds. The other thing is, by the way, it's built absolutely not to wear out. Like, it's functionally built in a manner so that they use materials that are sourced from the U.S. and do not wear out at all. You have interchangeable straps along with buckles. I currently have the carbon fiber black. I also have – uh, the regular brown that I like. They've got a bunch of new ones out, and their new website looks really cool with the men's moss belt, bright red, and Aggie blue belt they have out there. Uh, you can buy the web strappings for $15. You can buy the buckles for 20 Use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off on all of that. Use the promo code LOCKED. It's really great. Uh, we've been told from numerous Locked On listeners that you – uh, if you have a uh, – for your little heavy set, the belt actually works even better for you than others. Go check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED. It's GRIP6.com. I think you'll really like what you have there. They have different strap sizes. If you want a narrower strap, uh, you can get that as well. Uh, super selection of different items for you. Uh, I love all the various different uh, setups they have, and they now have women's and kids' products as well, they've been pretty creative on some of the women's. So check it out, Grip6.com. Today's show also brought to you by The Advocates. Matt over at The Advocates does some really neat work when people are in need. And uh, hopefully this isn't you know something you have to have happen. But if you get in a car accident, it's, you need someone on your side. You're battling insurance companies. You're battling somebody else's insurance company. You've got to have somebody on your side. That's what Matt and The Advocates will do for you. They've been in the business for 25 years. And through those 25 years, They have figured out a process that creates efficiency. That efficiency means productivity, means communication, expediting the process, and experts at the task inside the process. What do I mean by experts at the task inside? So here's how it works. You call 801-355-5550. That's Utah Advocates at 801-355-5550. A lawyer will call you back in 60 seconds. After the lawyers talk to you, figured out your needs, where you are, what, what the situation is, they put you into their system. Now, Every accent's different, but every process is the same. So now a 106-step checklist kicks in that's been built over 25 years. They keep getting better at it, and they have experts along the way in those 106 steps whose jobs are to make sure that they get 
the best results for you. Make sure nothing bad happens to you and treats you well in the process. It's Utah Advocates, 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because, let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. I want to talk about a good and a bad. A good and a bad. Let's go with the good. The lineup of Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Jay Crowder, and Rudy Gobert is crushing it. Crushing it. In fact, I think Quinn's going to have to start trying to figure out ways to get it on the floor more, which is really hard if it doesn't start. Um, But they are absolutely crushing it. They have played 11 games together. Seven at home, four on the road. Uh, they've only played 40, actually 119 minutes, which actually is now our fourth most used lineup. And in those 119 minutes, they're plus 107, 109. They've outscored opponents 300 to 191. It's not even close. Uh, they is played in 11 games. We've won nine of the 11, and it's getting better. Now we're playing lesser opponents recently, so it'll probably be more probably worthwhile to check out as time continues. But and it's not – it's defensively where they're crushing people. So, uh, again, that probably, to the Kevin Pelton point, has some level where it equals out. But here are the numbers. Uh, our offensively, they're at a 118.2 which is pretty good. They go to the line a, a great deal because of Jay Crowder. Uh, they're playing fast, which is interesting. Their p- pace is up at 101. Uh, their effective field goal percentage. Defensively, though, teams are shooting 33%, 35% from three. That's pr- the thir- What's really interesting is the 35% from three might be the right number. It's the two-point range where teams just can't shoot against that group. Not sure entirely why. Uh, but it and, and probably not sustainable to keep someone to 33% shooting, but they are 65 of 195, and in two-point range, it's even more incredible because they're 19 of 55 from three, so they're, 100, they're, they're 46 of 140 from two which means 
somehow what the Jazz are doing, and, and that seems strange, teams are shooting 33% from two-point range against that lineup. So that's pretty awesome. It's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I don't know that it's totally sustainable, as I said, because that seems just too good right now. Um, but in regards to the Jazz lineups and most used, this one's rising the list of, of most used lineups. Um, the Jazz, I believe, most used lineup this year is their starters, which is now a plus 4.2, which is pretty great. Their next most used lineup is Jarebko in for Gobert from the injury days, and that one's a minus 2 and just defensively is not as good as the others. Their fourth most used lineup has Rodney. It was a minus 10. And then the next one has Tabo in with favors because Gobert was out and didn't defend. And then you have your Gobert, your lineups that have uh, back to Gobert. Jarebko instead of Jay Crowder with that same lineup when we're spread out is a plus eight. The defense is a 91. Not great offensively, actually. And then you have the Royce O'Neal in with favors Gobert, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell. So this is where you've taken out Ricky Rubio and you've put in Royce O'Neal and you're plus 12. It's pretty interesting to see because most of the negative lineups that we have involved Joe Johnson or Rodney Hood. The other one that's interesting here is take the same lineup with Jay Crowder and put in Joe Johnson and it was really good. Didn't play a lot, but it was a plus 15. So you, anytime you're spread with Rudy at the five, we're pretty good. Pretty dominating anytime Rudy's at the five with the spread. A lineup that I think we're going to have to play more and more in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know that we're going to have the capability to play as big as we've been playing uh, right now. Uh, the other one, and this is not as good a news. This is not a criticism. This is a fact. This was expected, and I just wanted to point it out. So as Dante comes back and we're missing Neto, Dante's got – he's kind of running the team. I'm not, I'm still not – you know, Dante says he's a point guard. He actually said that today. I'm a point guard. Um, we're not shooting the ball well with Dante on the floor. In 27 minutes that Dante's been on the floor, the Jazz are 15 of 50 from the field and 5 of 19 from 3. Um, so, you know, why is that – you know, part of it's Dante's not shooting great, I don't think. He's missed a bunch of layups and been going a million miles an hour and fine. Not, And then there's just not the natural flow of who everybody is and he's the guy bringing the ball up and got to push the ball. And and, and they'll, that'll get better and they'll figure that out. But that is, you know, that's something that as we start playing better teams and have some tight games coming up this week, that little stretch of the game is probably worth watching and hoping it doesn't do too much negative damage to what's going on with the team. If that makes, if that makes any sense, um, but I wouldn't worry about it too much. Uh, one thing is, quick second, talk about Donovan. I thought Donovan the other night was as good as I've seen him. Uh, he didn't have the outside shot going. the 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 off the bounce three is, is kind of disappeared for him here for a little while. Um, but I thought if it, the best way I could describe it is if Donovan had the game he had against Sacramento. And it was the only good game he'd had all year. If he'd just been a regular rookie all year and then had that game on game 70, 
I would have been through the roof today talking about how great I think he would be and what a star we have. That's that's where, I mean, that's how awesome I thought he was the other night. That he, without the outside shot, I think one of eight or nine from three, found a way to get by the defense, found a way to score, took over the game late. I mean, he really... Uh, to me, that was in some ways, I mean, the 41 is pure dominance. It's all rolling. The 40 in Phoenix. Some ways, to me, that was the really the sign of a star. There's aspects of his games right now, of his game right now, that isn't, that aren't great. He's struggling as he kind of moves off. He's struggling with the off the bounce three. It's at 24% the last 10 games. He's catch and shoot threes, not quite. He's only 27% from three, 28% from three the last. 10 games. There's little things that aren't quite right, and he's getting through it and surviving uh, at a rate that jumps out to me as being what another just another sign um, of how, you know, of how great he is. I, I do think the other one, um, I don't want every single time he does anything, even if he doesn't do it right, um, that we suddenly turn it to a positive, though I just did do that, and I think this is legitimate. The one thing someone has pointed out to me is that there's a lot of Damian Lillard comparisons and someone said to me the other day hey Lillard and Steph shoot differently than probably anybody else in the league I'm not sure you can compare him to Lillard Lillard really has a touch on his shot that's different than anyone else in the league I thought that was a a fair point I'm not sure how often Dame Lillard has gone through you know he I'm sure he has shooting slumps along the way with probably injuries or beat up and maybe that's all that's going on with Donovan right now but I I don't know that Donovan has that touch on his shot that's the same as Steph and, and Lillard. I thought th- I thought that was, you know, a worthwhile point. Today's show brought to you by Intercap Lending. About to go. We'll do the playoff breakdown of where everything sits here in just a second. And angry coaches. Uh, Intercap Lending is a 40-year mortgage company that's come to Utah and uh, does some really great stuff. So it's an independent uh, company and one of the largest in the country. So they are able to do some things with loans that other people aren't. Now, we use them for our latest uh, refinance, and what I liked about them most was just how much uh, their attention to detail. Steve Carter, who I dealt with, was fabulous. Uh, how easy they make it. Uh, they've got a great app. They're jo- we joke that you're trying to make it as easy as ordering a, a Papa John's pizza uh, online. Uh, and they do do a really good job with that. The other thing that uh, – and. You can call Steve at 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. The other thing that they're able to do, because they um, they are a direct lender, they can help you with difficult loans. So if you have business assets or you're self-employed or you have multiple properties, those are always a little hard for the big banks, and you run into all that kind of problem. This is a lot easier, streamlined process. Let them take a look at your loan. Uh, if you've been turned down on something recently, in that regard, they probably can help you out a little bit So, because of the fact that they're a direct lender and have some flexibility. So give them a call in that regard as well. 385-885-28. That's Steve Carter's direct line. 385-885-28. He's who helped me. And also, if you do your loan with them, they will give you the appraisal for free if you tell them you're with Locked on Jazz. That's 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190 Four six five. For more information, visit intercaplending.com.
Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. All right. Did somebody finally blink? I think so. In fact, I think so indeed. Let's go walk through it. Minnesota this weekend. Lost on Friday and Saturday. They were a 40% win against the Spurs and a 59% win win against Houston last night. So Minnesota now sits at 8th in the standings. With 31 losses, same as the Clippers. They've lost two in a row. They're still fine. They do not. They play only two games the rest of the way where they're they're less than a 60% favorite. Their schedule is very favorable. San Antonio burst back with that win over the Timberwolves. They've now won three in a row that they were supposed to. This is their six-game home stretch where they really had to win five, have to win five. Now, maybe with what's going on with Denver and the Clippers, we'll touch on. It may not be five. It may be four. They play Golden State tonight. They play Washington Wednesday, and they play us on Friday. They're just playing every other day right now, and they've kind of clicked in. Great win by Oklahoma City. In Toronto, first win that where they weren't heavily favored. They go to Boston next, and then they have a really soft stretch. Uh, their schedule the rest of the way is such, I don't think you can knock them out of four. I actually, kind of looking at Oklahoma City, think 3-4 is set. Denver blinked a 63-win percent in Memphis. They're not a good road team, and they just blinked. So they have blinked now four times. Dallas... In Cleveland were games, they were pick'ems. The Lakers game was a pick'em. They went 0-3 in that, and then this was a should win, and they lost that. So Denver now is 1-3 in games that are should wins, 0-3 in pick'ems. They have blinked seriously and are in mammoth trouble in making the playoffs. They play Miami, Chicago, both pick'ems, Washington, Philadelphia, and Toronto are unlikelies, and then a game at against the Thunder as well before they finish up with Milwaukee, Indiana, Minnesota, Clippers, Trailblazers, Wolves. I, I, I'm I, not going to put a fork in Denver, but it's not good. They have blinked, and they have blinked considerably. Portland has not blinked, but they did help us out last night. Last night was a 31-win percent for Portland on the back end of a back-to-back against the Clippers, and they got the win. Portland is rolling. Their schedule does not get difficult at all. At any point here, the last few nights, it's not great. I think they're set in for three. 
I, I think home court for the Jazz, if you're getting greedy, is going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, I think Portland is heading seriously toward 49 wins, maybe 50. Oklahoma City, I've got at 48, maybe 49 with their win the other night. New Orleans keeps staying alive. They lost to Houston, but that was a 35. They lost to the Spurs, that was a 35. So they weren't supposed to. They beat Boston, which was actually a, a pick em. So that good weekend, you know, not a bad weekend for them. Uh, New Orleans is currently sitting tied for, with everybody at 40 and 30 for that sixth spot. But that's they have not blinked yet. They, they, they're looking better as some other teams struggle. Uh, they have Dallas, Indiana, and the Lakers this week. They are uh, two should wins and a pick 'em. So they if they don't if they don't blink, that'll be that'll be positive for them. The Clippers have suddenly lost three in a row, but the loss that hurts is last night. The first two were expected. Now they play. Excuse me. Now they play Minnesota with a thirty-four win percent in Milwaukee. And then Indiana. So their next three, they're all not favored. Indiana's a little bit of a pick em. If they go 0-3, it's it's bad. If they go 1-2, they're still back in this thing. It's not nearly as over yet. Because after that, the Clippers only play two games the rest of the way where their win probability isn't over 60%. In fact, isn't over 66%. So if somehow the clip if the Clippers were to get two of their next three Minnesota Milwaukee Indiana, we should get really concerned because then they suddenly our game against them becomes mammoth, and the Jazz are just doing what they're supposed to do. You know it's funny as much as it feels great that we've won all these games in a row they haven't actually made any inroads in the sense that other than that Pelicans that Pelicans Pacers swing was probably one game maybe. Otherwise, they're just winning games we're supposed to, which was the key to this whole thing. We just can't blink in the games we've got to win. The Dallas-San Antonio-Golden State three-game road trip coming up this week. 61 win percent at Dallas, 35 at San Antonio, 24 at Golden State. If the Jazz grab one of those two, then they've really catapulted themselves. But coming home against Boston is a 72% win percentage. Seems high. Then Memphis is at 89. Then tough one in Minnesota. Home against the Lakers at L.A., home against the Clippers. That's in reverse order. So there's still some tough ones, uh, but the Jazz are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They're 5-0 and so far in their certain wins, 3-0 and in their should wins. Uh, updating the whole premise of my pick system is that teams will overperform. So to recap that, in 80 to 100% games, the teams are 18-0, and so they're outperforming. In games that are 60 to 80% win probabilities, they are 22 and 9, so they're at 71%, slightly above. In the Pick'em games, that are the teams are 9 and 8, so they're slightly above. And in the unlikely games, which are supposed to be 20 to 40, they're winning 44% of their games. So exactly as expected, teams are overperforming. The one that is not is Denver. That, my friends, is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day.
Oh, we're going to do the Alvin Gentry stuff, weren't we? You know what? I'll wait for another day. We're at 30-some-odd minutes, and I have to get the kids. We're already, we're already pretty long. So we'll do that another day. We'll get the Van Gundy and the Gentry eruptions were awesome. Uh, I'm hoping to get Kristen Kenny with Adam Silver as well. He had some interesting comments to say about the Jazz and the All-Star game coming up and uh, some things of that sort. So hopefully I'll have that interview for you this week. And uh, I talked with Adam Silver as well. We'll have that on Locked on NBA this week. Have a great one. Enjoy yourself. Have a super day. It is Locked on Jazz by the Locked on Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.